Welcome to the show where we unearth new ways of looking at ever-evolving life around the world, seen from a number of different industries, cultures, and backgrounds. But there's one thing that unites everyone I speak to. They all want to do their part to make the world better in their own unique ways. It's a uniting passion. Whether they're from the commercial world, third sector, or public sector, from the global north or the global south, my name is Philippa White, and welcome to Thai Unearthed. Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of Thai Unearthed. Imagine being given the opportunity to make a positive difference to 3 billion people around the world. Then, imagine being told you had six weeks to help the country of Malawi present at the high-level dialogue for energy meeting hosted by the UN in New York and bring a voice to these three billion people. Sounds a little crazy and perhaps a bit intense, right? Well, Luca Zubini was one of the ambitious people that joined the last Thai Accelerator team to help crack this challenge. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Peak Point Partners, a venture capital fund at the crossroads of technology, digitalization, sustainability, and social responsibility. Before this, he was an accomplished consultant at Bain & Company and a C-suite executive. He's an engineer, holds an MBA from Wharton, and is a fellow of the Marketing Academy and the Institute for Real Growth, which are both focused on human growth and on purpose-driven leadership, specifically around sustainability and social responsibility. So it felt pretty fitting to chat with Luca today about his Thai Accelerator experience, why he got involved, what we can expect for the UN meeting next month in September, and why he compares Thai to a mini-MBA. So sit back, relax, and here is Luca. Hi, Luca. It's lovely to have you with us. It's good to see you here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Philippa, for having me. Thank you. So tell me, where, where are you sitting right now so our listeners can Oh, now I'm actually back in, in, the uh, in Switzerland, in, in, in Zurich, uh, at my home. And uh, yeah, very happy to, uh, to be back home after a few, a few weeks away between work and, and holidays. Yeah, you were in Italy, very envious. Yeah, it was great, <laughs> very yes. envious. We needed it because after like uh, almost a year of, of lockdown, we, we needed some uh, some travel. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I haven't left. It's so crazy. I haven't left Brazil in almost two years. I mean, oh, it's wow. never been that long. You know, it's a really long time. And my sister-in-law's from Italy and I've got family in Canada. I've got family in England. I've got family in South Africa. It's like, ah! Right. But anyway, at least no, actually, I've, I've seen my parents only after, I don't know, I think it's since Christmas I haven't seen them. So they actually came over to Switzerland before we left. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's so, it was great. How lovely. How yes. lovely. Yeah, very, very envious. Yeah. Well, listen, before we get into the sort of the nitty gritty questions that I've got for you, tell our listeners about you, who you are, your background and what you do. Well, look, I, I, easy. I'm an Italian, an engineer by training. I work my entire life in B2B uh, companies, uh, usually where there is you know, growth through innovation because I, I am very passionate about you know, growing companies and in particular uh, you know, something with a differentiated angle. And then uh, in the last 15 years, I added to that my purpose, which is really around you know, ESG, so sustainability in particular, uh, uh, but you know, even social responsibility, and um, 
with the whole idea that, you know, I, yes, my what is really about growth, my how is innovation, and my why is, uh, is the sustainability. Uh, and I think it's also coming from the fact that with my wife, who is, who is American, we had um, two kids, and we started thinking about their future and what can I do to leave them a better world than the one I found. Yeah, I hear you. Definitely hear you. Tell me, what gets you excited every day getting out of bed? What, what, what is your purpose? Well, my purpose is really sustainability. And uh, yeah. what gets me excited is that after a long career in corporates and then, you know, in consulting at Bain and MBA, etc., I uh, was able to finally uh, create my own uh, investment company. And, uh, you know, is, is, you know, one of these venture capital fund or actually even better, uh, what they call venture studio, which means that not only you provide financing uh, to, to companies, but also provide all the support that they need in order to grow uh, and the advice they need. So we really provide capital, we provide people, uh, we provide, um, you know, strategy and, and uh, open doors, uh, you know, like partnership, etc. So that's the idea. Uh, it took me almost a year to go where, where we are right now. We have uh, done five investments so far and um, I'm really passionate. I really love it. You know, for me, even working a weekend is not an issue when I need to because for me, I'm actually having fun. And, uh, and what is great is that I can finally choose the people I work with and, uh, and that makes a huge difference. Just for someone who doesn't work in investments, yeah. what, could you give an example of you know one of the five investments that you that you have worked on and what that looks like? Because the the world is so big, and maybe to put it into some kind of context, even if you don't have to say names, but maybe the type of area, and then what does that mean? Like, what does it look like? Oh, I'm thinking which one because I'm, I love them all. But let me go for for something that's probably easier to understand. Right. So there is this company. Uh, in the UK that is a spin-off of Cambridge University that has created the first fully 100% uh, paper bottle, um, which is, you know, 100% biodegradable, compostable, recyclable, just because it's fully paper. There is nothing else. A lot of the, the things that exist today on the market uh, are actually have at least a little bit of plastic, which makes it then impossible to separate and recycle. And um, it actually all started with uh, Diageo that was looking for an opportunity to replace uh, some of the glass and plastic they use today with, uh, with a paper alternative because of their concern with sustainability. And then we brought on board, you know, GlaxoSmithKline for pharma and Castrol for motor oil and then PepsiCo for, uh, you know, non-spirits, non-alcoholic beverage. Uh, and then, you know, Storenso, which is one of the largest players in, in paper that will do generic bottles for milk, et cetera, et cetera, right? So we, um, you know, partnered very early on with this company that was really an R&D lab and uh, created around it everything that is required to make it successful, in, particularly, in particular, all the relationship to the, some of the largest fast-moving consumer goods and healthcare companies. And then beyond that, even some of the, let me say, innovation partner that they need, like like Sorenso, like... Uh, BASF for, for, you know, the coating that you need to have inside the bottle. And as a result, now the company is, is very successful. They're going for the next round right now. Actually, I was talking to them yesterday. And so it, it looks like, um, you know, the launch will be by the end of the year, uh, actually with the first bottle uh, from the Ageo, which is uh, uh, Johnny Walker Black, 
made of paper, oh, wow. which, uh, which is, you know, has been announced, so I'm happy to do that. But um, yeah, it's great. We're really looking forward to that because, uh, you know, all these companies you know, that, that are huge compared to the small little company these guys are, um, you know, put it everywhere on the investor presentation, you know, saying, hey, you know, because, you know, they feel the pressure from consumers, right? And as a result, uh, they all say that they're going to launch significant volumes uh, in the next uh, yeah, year or so. Um, but, you know, so we're, we're very excited about that. That's a real example of, you know, something yeah, that's... relatively easy to understand. And you should think about the size of the market is about 200 billion uh, bottles uh, globally. So as a result, you know, not that we're thinking of, you know, replacing everything immediately, but I think over time, uh, people would want to have something that is better than the current solution, which, you know, uh, is impacting a lot plastic in the ocean and all the, all the other. Absolutely. Issues. And so all of the, all, I mean, these five that you work yeah. on, all of them have a sustainable solution to yeah. the challenges of the world. Of yeah. At least for the bottle, right? So this is, you yeah. know, there are, you know, many others. So as you know, PepsiCo, for instance, they own Frito-Lay. There is still a work to be done on the flexible side, but for the rigid bottle, Yes, and you know, in in some cases they may keep uh, PET, and in some other cases they may keep glass. But at least they will definitely all launch this paper alternative, and they want to all see the reaction from consumers, which we all hope will be positive, and I expect it will because every time there has been a substitution with paper, uh, we've seen a very good reaction for for consumers. Yeah, great! Wow. <laughs> now, Luca, I met you. Uh, because you got involved with um, our Thai Accelerator project yep. that kicked off in uh, June, June wasn't it? Yeah. June, yeah. I would just love, before we get into the project and all that kind of stuff, I would just love to know, you know, why did you apply? And obviously it was through the Marketing Academy, so a huge shout out to the Marketing Academy because we're both massive fans of the Marketing Academy and you're actually really involved with Marketing Academy. But why did you apply and what did you hope to accomplish? What was that? You know, where were you? And, Look, and, I, yeah. I, uh, I've always worked. Um, no, so first of all, I always believe that that um, in giving back, even when you have no way of giving back, meaning that, you know, even when I was much younger and, and with a, less, uh, a lot less uh, opportunities, I always try to get involved in ways that uh, give back because I think we are, we are you know, very fortunate uh, and uh, we should have, you know, um, also uh, take the time to, to, to think about that and, and to be grateful and, and uh, to provide back something to people uh, that definitely have much less and are much less fortunate. Secondly, yeah. um, you know, I've worked a lot with NGOs more recently because of my sustainability uh, agenda, course, yeah. but much less on social responsibility. And I felt there was an opportunity uh, you know, to connect with you and, and, and the others to do something in that space mm -hmm. and uh, also try to understand uh, much better what is required with, uh, you know, uh, international development, uh, which I've been in touch with, but not so involved as we were with this uh, project. So I, I thought uh, a lot of opportunity to give back, but also a lot of learning uh, were the two reasons um, that, that brought me initially there. And then I love you. And then I loved all the other people that, uh, you know, some of them <laughs> I actually tried to help you bring it in and some others. Yeah. Uh, because I got so used with this venture capital thing I'm doing to always have people that I love working with. But, uh, but you know, I, and, and I think the team was amazing. So, yeah, it was really, really exciting. So thank you for that. So, 
Well, yeah, and I think I just love to bring um, bring to life the experience. And I think for people who aren't sort of who are listening, who don't you know what know what this is. Um, yeah. So for for those of you that are listening, uh, we're an organization that's been going since um, 2006. We became an organization and, and started uh, doing projects in 2007. And basically, we're a, a you know, world-leading international leadership program for commercial professionals. But the, the massive difference that we um, provide is that we help people you know, broaden their horizons, expand their networks, you know, transform, grow, working as part of sort of a, a group, a small group, a cohort, to then crack a real challenge for one of the world's most impactful social initiatives. And so, um, you know, people get involved for different reasons, but obviously it is to sort of spark new thinking, understand different things, be, and then be able to crack that challenge. And then, you know, as you said at the beginning of this conversation, also help leave the world better for the next generation, right? So um, there's a lot of different reasons why people get involved. And, uh, and I just, I think I'd just love for you to bring to life, maybe you could talk about the project because yeah. every single project that people work on is different and they're all super bespoke, uh, you know, dealing with real life issues in, in different places around the world. Um, and then it would just be lovely to just understand what the experience was like, but maybe you can just, you know, bring to life what your project was and what interested you, I guess, about it. Yeah, look, the project was, uh, you know, about six weeks uh, in time and, uh, you know, uh, you selected a great team, as you were saying, of people who work typically more private, you know, uh, profitable, profit-driven type of company and very large ones. So they have, you know, best training and capabilities. And um, the project itself was to help the Cleaner Cooking Coalition, this uh, NGO that is trying to prepare you know, their involvement at the UN high-level dialogue of for energy, which is uh, the meeting that will happen in New York, uh, you know, as a side to the UN General Assembly. And uh, they want to position uh, the need that uh, we all have to support this cause, which not many people know, but basically a lot of people in the world, about 3 billion, um, almost 3 billion, uh, do not have access to clean formal cooking. Or in other words, they have to use coal or wood or you know, other type of biomass every day, which, uh, first of all, causes a lot of issues because they have to spend an average of four hours a day just to collect uh, wood, etc. Uh, second, that post puts a lot of these people that usually are women and, and kids in danger. The other reason for that is that when you of course, cook, if you are in an indoor space, that can create a lot of emissions. And uh, the calculation that we found is about 4.5 million people a year. Again, mostly women and, and kids uh, die uh, because of the smoke and then uh, lung-related diseases that are formed. And beyond that, uh, that also uh, creates you know, very bad emissions, about 5% of the CO2 emission and 17% of the black carbon emissions globally uh, is dependent on this uh, on this issue and and actually what was interesting is both myself and, and Gabriella right that uh, that yeah. uh, was yeah. part of this um, and we've been you know friends for a long time we've been working a lot on sustainability for a very long time uh, in in these kinds of spaces we were not aware of this uh, this is what I found extraordinary I mean Gabriella, incredible, right? she no one runs is speaking her... about it everyone speaks about solar and wind and it's 
because yeah. they're cool, they're great, you know, it's the, and, you know, they are. And, and at the same time, you know, who wants to invest, you know, in, in, in improving, you know, cooking equipment for people who can't afford to pay much. Exactly. Uh, and as a result, actually, you know, when, when we've done this research, pretty much there are only governments that are, you know, to some extent involved in this, but still uh, the, 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 the investment required is very limited. And most people think to apply also uh, a Western advanced approach, right, to almost uh, create uh, the next uh, cooking equipment, you know, with solar and whatever else, rather than providing something that is very affordable and maybe a simpler and easier and more adoptable solution, or even ask people who are in that space to develop that. So I think what what has been great is to... That, be... that is what I, fe- I found. <laughs> it's just... No, because it, it's true. I mean, these 2.8 or 3 billion people around the world, they're the poorest people on the planet. They're the yeah. poorest people on the planet. So yes. the big investors and, the, and the, the people who are creating all of this incredible technology, they're looking for a return on investment. And are they going to get it from these people? No, but it's an issue that is impacting the planet and will do for the next 10 plus years. Yes. And, and actually I think what was the, also what I just keep hearing from this team and for me as well, because obviously I'm following all of this, but trying not to sort of, I I can't get involved. I'm like, Oh, looking at you. But this, this thing of clean versus cleaner, Mm -hmm. that was for me uh, kind of, okay. So I see what everyone is looking for is, so maybe you can bring that to life. The very few that yeah, have been ahead. involved in this space, what they've tried to do is a little bit was I was trying to mention before, they've tried to go from current solution all the way to like, you know, uh, all best bells and, and whistles type of solution, meaning, you know, replace, you know, maybe a very poor pot of today with something that will be electric, uh, you know, fuel cells or whatever else. Right. And be completely clean, both in terms of, you know, the use and the emissions, while the approach that that the cleaner cooking coalition, clean versus cleaner, is saying, look, at least we have to get cleaner compared to today. It doesn't mean that we have to be 100 percent clean already, because that will take very long time uh, while we need a solution for today. And I think that's absolutely the best approach, in my view. And uh, it will be maybe a transitional approach, but... There is no chance that we're going to be able to convert, you know, like in the next 10 years, 3 billion people. They don't have even electricity today or access to anything else, you know, and they all of a sudden they receive, you know, the best, uh, you know, cooking equipment they've ever seen and they don't even know how to use it. And it's also going to be rejected to some extent. The, the biggest risk is that these people will receive it and sell it the next day and then, you know, no effect whatsoever uh, for their own life. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I think, we'll learn a lot from the Cleaner yeah. Cooking Coalition in that sense. And what is funny also is that they are in a situation where they have very limited resources. And, and so this voice is not really translating. I think it's, they've done super well in Malawi, which is one of the least developed countries, uh, to your point before. Uh, because there are now 2 million of these uh, very simple posts that reduce dramatically the emissions and, and the risk for people. Uh, so that, there there's been the adoption. And the idea is to use Malawi as a good example for everybody else. So Malawi, and we hope the president of Malawi will be the one pitching at the UN uh, because they've been selected as champion of this energy access issue. Um, and hopefully we can leverage them then to get a lot more uh, resources, a lot more support and financing and fundraising for uh, this cause that I think is, is key. 
So, so just to back up a little bit for the listeners, because I'm, I'm aware that obviously they're coming blind to this. So as Lucas explained, so it's, you know, there's the high energy dialogue meeting at the UN and Malawi, because of these two million stoves that they managed to kind of get into the marketplace by 2020, they have been asked to represent these 2.8 billion people around the world to say, you know, they need a voice and, and basically they needed to position that message at this UN meeting. And so this is obviously what the team uh, did, um, and they have created that voice and the positioning for this meeting, which is going to involve, we're almost certain, the president of the country, which is unbelievable, to explain the situation and bring to life the reality on the ground for all of these people, and then asking policymakers, decision makers, and just the general public to also be aware, because as you say, you and Gabriela and other people on the team, they've been work- you've been working on this area, that you're specialists in this area, and you also didn't know. So, I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is not common knowledge to people who are even working in this area. Mm. No, I think what is Maybe key talk- also to, 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 yeah, to know ahead. is that the UN high-level dialogue for energy has not happened for the last 40 years, and it's the first yes. time that after the last meeting, really 40 years ago in Kenya, uh, the UN has decided to reconvene the, this high-level dialogue for energy because they also feel that, you know, we're not progressing fast enough on the CO2 emission and UN Sustainable Development Goals. And as a result, this would be a key uh, milestone for uh, the agenda of energy and, you know, reducing emission uh, globally. And, and so it's important that as part of this discussion, this will be considered as one of the key uh, priority area to address, you know, together with all the other things like, you know, electric vehicles, uh, transition, and, you know, as you, you know, we mentioned before, like alternative energy generation, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the other point is that that will not stop there, right? There is COP26 uh, in Glasgow uh, in November. There is, you know, the, this development, this developed country meeting in Doha in January, and so the, the, the work that the team has done, uh, and I think we should mention them all after because it, otherwise... Well, we definitely, yeah, we, we, we will. We, we will. will. We will. <laughs> um, but, but it's been fantastic because we really had a, a, an amazing uh, combination of, of skills and know-how, and we all went directly into, you know, our, you know, competence, even if we were learning a lot, you know, in, in parallel, but I think each of us naturally went into, okay, where can I add more value since we have such a short amount of time yeah. and do a, you know, give a huge impact uh, to these guys that definitely need it. And uh, they probably have never seen the type of work uh, that, that, that we could do. You know, I, I went more in organizing like, you know, this whole panel that uh, uh, will happen on, on the 7th. So talk, because actually, so don't just pass by that. Ah, okay, yeah, We did was, look, first of all, we defined the all pitch, right? What is the storyline, the presentation of what, uh, you know, uh, the president of Malawi can use? And not only, of course, the storyline, but we built the full presentation uh, for, for him and, uh, and, you know, made sure also that that translates into a video in case they cannot travel there for whatever reason, uh, or in case the UN decides that, you know, people should not travel for COVID or any other reason. Then uh, we went around saying, okay, how do we make sure that there is visibility, not only at the UN, but also elsewhere, 
of uh, this type of discussion, right? And so one of the ways we did that was to, you know, build a panel that uh, we ran actually uh, on the 7th of September, because that also happens to be a newly uh, launched day for clean air by the UN. So we uh, took the opportunity to uh, convene, uh, you know, some amazing speakers that uh, will be able to talk about this issue in a way that, you know, is very pragmatic, and at the same time, with a lot of know-how behind, right? So there is Christine, for instance, that works with the U.S. federal government and basically is in charge, uh, was the chief sustainability officer in the past and now is in charge of all the investment approval uh, process. So uh, quite, and she also works in, in venture capital and in, in energy in particular. So she has a lot of know-how there. There would be uh, Marisa Drew, who is the head uh, sustainability Chief Sustainability Officer of Credit Suisse and also in charge of all the ESG uh, growth uh, know-how. We will have actually the Minister for uh, Natural Resources and Forestry of uh, Malawi and, uh, you know, a number of others that, you know, will be able to uh, provide a significant uh, value to the discussion. And hopefully we will attract a lot of people that we then will be able to share even, even uh, with more people that this is a real issue that we need to address and that we will be able to do the fundraising. We also have redone completely the website of the uh, Cleaner Cooking Coalition, where a lot of the other assets that they use, uh, even their social media strategy and you know the approach and, and also specific posts and, and that they will be able to use you know, over time so that this is not a, just a one meeting or, or, or panel, but they can do others. Actually, some of the people that we contacted and they were not available, like Bertrand Picard, they made themselves available for the next meeting at the COP26. So the, the, the idea was like, you know, how do we create a sort of, you know, snowball effect? And then, you know, yeah. uh, Krista and Connor and others are able to take over and, and manage this that is not their, let me say, usual background. And so the, I mean, so actually to the listeners, because um, this is this is going to be going out on uh, Friday, so the it will be in time for the panel, which is happening on the 7th of September. So the idea, of course, is if this resonates, you can, can subscribe to the panel and you can watch it, which will be uh, super fascinating. And then there is something as well that um, you guys have created which is the, the pledge, right? So that would be something. Yeah, that absolutely. You're yeah, asking. I didn't, so maybe I didn't want to, uh, to, 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 you know, but yeah, in the sense of taking a surprise away. But um, oh, sorry, maybe I'm not supposed. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Want. The sense that, that uh, <laughs> the, the idea actually that we will present already in the panel and that will be pitched also by the president is something that you know I've seen happening when we were working with the Adam Carter Foundation on the old plastic packaging and the new plastic economy. Uh, in circular economy. So the, the idea is to uh, propose that we, uh, so we all pledge, both, you know, the government of Malawi, all the other governments uh, of the United Nations, but also a number of corporations and uh, NGOs and everyone who cares about this, uh, they officially pledge, uh, it will be on the website of the Cleaner Cooking Coalition, uh, that will own, if you want, the list of uh, uh, members or uh, people that have uh, decided to join. And the pledge is that by 2030, we want 100% of the people, of the 3 billion people to have access to cleaner cooking, you know, to something similar to what uh, Malawi has already done, which means, you know, an, a, a solution that is, in the case of Malawi, for instance, cost $2, more or less, 
and uh, so very affordable and is also developed locally. So there are people that have found a job by producing something that will be, uh, you know, worth their life. And if uh, nothing else, at least the emissions uh, will be definitely reduced. And uh, we want to see that globally. And then we also want to see a commitment that from there on or in parallel, by 2050, uh, there will be a real clean uh, solution as well. We'll reduce even further uh, the emission. But creating this two-step approach shows that, um, you know, we want to do something immediately. We don't want to wait to have, uh, you know, the best of the best available to everyone. And uh, we want to make sure that people feel uh, they're not forgotten, right? That they are part of the process. They are uh, seeing the excitement of a global organization finding solution for them. And then, of course, I think they will get even more excited to be part of the next uh, agenda. Maybe now is a good time for us to mention the other individuals. And perhaps yes. you can, uh, as we're sort of coming, I mean, as we're coming to the end of the the podcast, you can just explain the experience, you know, working Each with the that, team and, uh, yeah, and, 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 and also just how and, and what everyone kind of did. Because I think the thing that I found beautiful was that you all came from such different backgrounds, different yeah. countries, and you really just all of you came into your own and sort of amongst yourselves decided, okay, this is what I'm going to own and this is what I'm going to own. And this right. is what, and I just thought it was beautiful to see it all kind of coming out. And maybe you can also just, if there's a story that kind of um, stands out from yeah. the experience. Look, I think what was like. great is, first of all, I think the process you have set up with, with Thai is, is great because, you know, the first couple of weeks are really set up in a way that allow people to learn about international development, but are also... Um, very important to create a team uh, spirit, right, among the, the people who are going to work together. And, and as a result, I think we were able to really use that those, those weeks to get to know each other and uh, to, uh, uh, to get ready for the next, even to know, you know, what can I expect from this other person that I've never met before? You know, luckily I had a couple that I knew, but many other people didn't know anyone. Right? So it's great that the, the structure that you have, I think, works really well. And so I think we should all, well, we should thank, first of all, apart from you, but we should thank uh, Gabriela Herculano, who is, um, you know, the CEO of a uh, ETF uh, company uh, focused on sustainability in London. But, um, you know, she has a lot of experience in energy from, you know, GE, Goldman Sachs, Lehman, etc. Uh, Ulrike, actually, was based in Switzerland, like me, that, um, you know, she's an expert of, let me say, PMO. She can manage any project. And um, she was really great at kicking our ass when needed. I know, everyone's nice like, she's also the mediator. We knew that she was doing it for the right reason, so we were always very respectful of her role. And, um, and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sebastian, who is, you know, uh, Gutierrez, who is, who is uh, from Colombia, but based in, uh, in, uh, in London, and he's, you know, a great uh, digital marketing person, so he was really good at you know, thinking about how do we communicate this with channel, you know, what's the content, etc. Um, and then uh, we had Joe Higgins and Monique Barnes, uh, based yeah. in Australia, which was great because not only they're they're great in terms of competence on marketing, more on, you know, the all, let me say, four levers of marketing and, and the full, and, and Joe, like like me, we, we were part of the Marketing Academy. And um, so as a result, 
you know, they could actually really help with the whole storyline and, and all the documents that are used to keep track of uh, the great, uh, um, you know, ideas that, uh, you know, or the brainstorming that marketeers would do at the beginning, but, uh, you know, alpha or... or and then, and your role, Luca, you, and then your, your role of, of pulling together these, I mean, lots of stuff, but I just, I just kept seeing, you know, you being able to pull together the most extraordinary people. Okay, I'm, you know, I think you're going to get this person for this and then this person for this. And also just also helping to, your network is just extraordinary. It's so yeah, was, look, I'm t- because I've been doing so many different things in my life, which is one of the things I enjoy, right? I always thought of myself as a generalist, even if, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, in, in, in different functions in different companies. So I, I was trying to be on, on one side a little bit the, the, the trade union of the team, but also... Uh, going out of my way to, um, yeah, to, to, to leverage my network um, in, in ways that would be useful for, for the cause that we were together serving. Yes, and I, and I know that, you know, every time I was telling something like Kristen Connor, we're like, I cannot believe I'm speechless. Where did you get, you know, so, and, and some of these people are, to be honest, really impressive and um, yeah. incredible. And if, you know, so, but, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's all of, I think it's because they know that, uh, you know, they, um, you know, I, I never ask anything of people. And when I do is because there is a really good reason. And so they, uh, they are also willing to uh, jump in. Is there a story that stands out from this experience? I think, look, there are a lot of stories. I think what, what I found really incredible is that it was almost like we were working 24 hours a day because between you in Brazil, uh, some of the guys in Europe, London and Zurich and, and, um, you know, Joe and, and Monique in, in Australia, we were continuously up and running. So what I found really incredible was that we could, uh, you know, almost hand over uh, things one to the other continuously. And, and it felt like we work on this like six months, not six weeks because of, you know, and it went uh, incredibly fast. And uh, we were doing a lot of, I think, a lot of, you know, volume, despite all of us having also a uh, you know, they full time job. I mean, job. just to be clear, we're we're not expecting this. This this experience is not twenty four hours every single day for six weeks. No, 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 we it's, not, it's not. It's not. Everyone was working yeah. as normal, but yeah. I think we were finding time on on weekends and and nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, sure. and it would be, be great. You know, sometimes I would have my kids coming up in in my room, or 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 uh, Joe would have uh, her her daughter as well, and it was you know it's all fine because I think is. Uh, we knew that we were stealing minutes and hours from, uh, you know, yeah. from, from other things, yeah. but just to, uh, for, for a really good purpose. I mean, do you, how do you see this? I mean, what the outcome of the experience? What will you take with you? I think, look, I, I, in the past, I was uh, very much in, in touch with the, let me say, the big NGO, right? So the, the WWF, the UN, etc. What I did not realize, at least to the extent that I did by being in close contact with one of them, is that there are a lot, you know, there are maybe thousands of, of much smaller NGOs that do need a lot of value. And I think you found a great way to combine leadership development with uh, the ability to uh, pull the know-how and capabilities of these people uh, into um, you know companies that definitely need them uh, very very much, and as a result, uh, will make a huge difference. I think uh, it, it's incredible what what you're doing and sourcing this project and finding the best people uh, to make them happen. And uh, I think there is tons of you know goodwill and and people that really want to give back and they have no idea how to do it. Um, and uh, this can make uh, make a huge difference. 
Mm, thank you. That's yeah. Thank you. Now we have come to the end of it. I just wonder what um, what haven't I asked you that you would like to tell our listeners? Hmm. What What have you asked? No, I think you asked everything. Um, but uh, maybe you should. Uh, we should tell everyone how to be in touch if they are interested in the. But I'm sure you will. But I think it's important that uh, uh, people have. A what way could to... you tell? Yeah. What could you tell someone who? is interested. Do you see, uh, I mean, obviously there's a huge part of Thai, which is the opportunity as a commercial professional, as you said, to, mm. to be able to make an impact, to be able to give back for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what makes Thai different to you just rocking up to an NGO and just volunteering your time? This is obviously a uh, a program. It's very different. What would you tell somebody who's I, I keen think that to get involved? Of, in- yeah, I think what is great is that you've done a lot of the legwork already, which, you know, I'm not going to underestimate at all, but, you know, because uh, I know how difficult it is to, to define a project with people that are not very used to work by project, probably, uh, and uh, uh, to, you know, kind of put in, uh, you know, a, a capsule what can be done to make a huge impact in a very short amount of time. And for what I've heard, uh, it's not just the case of our project, right? It's, it's, it's many others that accomplish so much in such a little time. And, and I think, you know, if you were just, you know, going to join, you know, and we have some people in the team that did, right? Ulrike went to Africa for a few weeks, but, you know, it doesn't really make, give the same impact if she's not, we say, structured and organized the way it is by tie, so I'm, you know, if it's not clear, I'm totally sold on the idea that you actually put together something quite unique, and um, and uh, you know, I I wanted to go through it myself to be able to also then advise others to do the same because I think it makes a huge difference to the extent that also helps, you know, really leadership development, particularly for people who are in that period in in that phase of their life where they're still in the growth. Uh, phase of um, you know of their career and and they want to see something and I feel also that that more and more the new generation will go even more in this direction because as you uh, know very yeah. well like both uh, millennials and Gen Z are much more you know uh, say purpose driven yeah other people thank you Luca yeah Welcome. thank, thank you. you well we are kicking off another one we've got our next Thai accelerator program kicking off on the 20th of uh, September um, we have a couple of spots left of that one so if any of the listeners are interested it is actually working as well in Malawi but in a very different way um, it's uh, helping provide a second chance at life essentially for really vulnerable youth in Malawi um, it's an organization called chance for change they work with really vulnerable youth young people, many who have actually gone to jail and, you know, helping them come out of jail. But this particularly is they've, they've recognized it's, it's quite horrible because of uh, the pandemic. Women and adolescent girls are, have been horribly impacted just because there's a lot of abuse. There's more sex trafficking. Um, they're not at school um, because of the pandemic. So it's just it's created a really horrible situation. And, uh, and what this organization has um, done in the past is they've created entrepreneurial opportunities for youth who have been in jail, boys actually. And, uh, and actually we, through Thai, a few years ago, we had somebody who went 
out and she came from an investment company and she created a loan facility because to start a business there, it's $35. And so she went with 2,000 pounds and basically created this hugely successful loan facility for these young people, which is still going today. And it's this entrepreneurial course. And so they're wanting to take that learning and implement it for these uh, adolescent girls who many of them are already mothers and they're stuck in a house where there's just horrible situations occurring. Um, and they want to give them the independence and give them the entrepreneurial know-how with the loan facility to be able to uh, give them a second chance at life. And so we're super excited. We've got a, a handful of people, but if there is anyone that is interested that comes from communications background or a business background or finance background, then this will be another incredible opportunity to make a tangible impact and, you know, broaden your horizons, broaden your global network, and also just, like you say, have that real opportunity to give back. So uh, if you are interested, you can find out more uh, at tieaccelerator.com. And you can apply there and then we can jump on a call and I can explain more. Um, so yeah, I look forward to hearing from anyone who's listening. So Luca, thank you for joining us. It has been just as always, I am, I so appreciate your uh, enthusiasm and support. And of course, just you bringing on board Gabriela and Ulrika, which obviously just were game changers as well as you for the for the project so super super appreciative of that um and just so appreciative of the entire team i mean sebastian also came via uh the marketing academy joe came via the marketing academy she introduced us to monique and oh, i think yeah. this just goes to show amazing. how it's just so amazing to just bring like-minded people together uh and it can make amazing things happen and everyone just gets something from it so thanks for being a part of it i am truly grateful for everything and i'm just excited to now have you as part of my network which is yeah no amazing. thank you thank you thank you for the, the the unique opportunity and and uh i thought it was you know really fantastic and i think it's one of these things that every day you wake up and you really get even more excited because of uh you know what you're doing so thank you thank you amazing okay until next time Hey everyone, this is Philippa again. I hope you enjoyed listening. Now this is your chance to get involved with Thai. If you work in the commercial world, whatever your profession, your position, or your experience, then Thai could be for you. You may have been in business for decades, but have always felt there's another way. Or you may just have a few years experience, but want to do more. Equally, if you want to create game-changing employees and see your company impact the world, we've got you covered. Thai has never been more necessary than right now, and you can be a part of it. Reach out to me at philippa at theinternationalexchange.co.uk and I can tell you more. Or join the Thai Accelerator info session for more information. Apply.thaiaccelerator.com. Better leaders, better companies, better world. I'm your host, Philippa White. This podcast has been co-produced by Berna Vieira and me. Music by Berna Vieira and artwork by Kelps Verheis. I hope we'll meet again soon.